How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings, how to set up your playoffs, how to determine draft order, how to determine rookie auction values, things like that. Stuff that commissioners might be interested in, like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps. We also answer commissioner questions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check us out. It's a pretty good listen. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am here with Dan Myler, and Ryan McDowell is back in the saddle again this week as well. We're here to talk a, a little, really good. We're going to continue our conversation from last week about looking at rookies from a little bit different perspective by kind of looking at them compared to players around them in December's startup ADP. But first, let's talk a little bit about week 15 and some of the standouts there. And I guess some of the, 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 the non-standouts, Ryan, we had a brutal week with Keenan Allen, Aaron Jones, Lamar Miller, all basically putting up zeros uh, after lineups had locked. Uh, did any of those guys get you in any of your teams? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of those guys for sure. And that definitely stung a little bit, but I mean, honestly, we had not had very many games like that this entire year. You know, it was one of those, knock on wood situations where those types of in-game injuries happen all the time and and they just hadn't very much to to most of the key fantasy starters throughout the entire season so obviously that feels like bad timing in the playoffs and the in the semifinals in most leagues but eh, you know that's kind of part of the game it is. It's part of the playoffs. It happens in, in the NFL, these one-offs. You know, we, we, we talk about how we work all season long and, and build up a team that can get to the playoffs, which I think in all of our opinions is really the true measure of, of, of a skill, skill, being skilled at, at fantasy football is being able to make it to the playoffs consistently. Once you get to the playoffs, Dan, anything can happen. One, in a one week, we, any, any team can beat any team. So that sixth seed comes up and beats you. That definitely happened to me in a couple of leagues this week. How about you? Yeah, it happened to me too. And you, like you said, you just got to kind of shrug it off and say, well, I made the playoffs in all these leagues that that has to be good enough for me for this year. And it's not just the injuries that you mentioned with Keenan and Jones and Miller, just the the lack of performances surrounding almost every team, every fantasy team out there can point to one guy, even if you won last week and say, wow, that guy did not produce. I heard in another podcast today that this is the first week since I think they said 2012 that there weren't there wasn't at least one quarterback with three touchdown passes. So you know quarterbacks were way low. I think the highest scoring quarterback this past week was Matt Ryan and he was 65th overall. I think that was off the ESPN pod. So you know it was it was an odd week all the way around. Some of us survived, some of us didn't and that's just the game we play, I guess. Yeah, Matt Ryan, 231 yards, two touchdowns. He did get a, a rushing touchdown score as well. But yeah, just super low out- output across the board. A lot of a lot of teams that that expected to be in the finals in terms of fantasy uh, were, were let down a little bit that week. But you know, you got to kind of embrace that chaos. It's part of the fun, in my opinion, is not knowing if you're going to win or lose every week. And it's certainly frustrating when your team underperforms or when you take a zero uh, with an in-game injury like that. But uh, you know, it's part, it's part of the reason why I love this game, and I, I know you guys as well. But let's move on a little bit of news before we uh, get to the meat of the episode here. We talked about him last week, Dan. Derek Henry, he he did it again. 33 carries, 170 yards, and two touchdowns after a 238 four-touchdown game last week. Uh, he seems to have completely taken over that backfield, outtouched 
Lewis, uh, Deion Lewis, 34 to 10 last week in week 15, 30, 63 to 33 over the last three weeks. We, we talked last week that he was still, that he was still a sell for us. Uh, is that hold true still at this point? Is he a sell again? And are you think you can get a little bit more for him than we were talking about last week? Oh yeah, I'm selling. You bet. And, and the thing about it is, is like, he's on one of those runs like Todd Gurley was on last year, winning people championships and stuff. I can't wait for him to do uh, 24 carries for 160 and two more scores this week. And we're talking about him in, in the lore of, of some of the greats that have, have won us titles <laughs> and things like that. And it just gets, gets moves that price tag up higher and higher. So I'm a seller still. I think we all agreed that they that we were selling last week. I, I love what he's doing, and if I had him, I'd be riding that thing to a title as well. But I I don't, for the reasons we talked about last week. He's, he's just not the kind of guy I really invest in. And if I did have him, though, I'd be, I'd be loving it because the opportunity to sell is now. Ryan, I think if he has one more big game like this, we can certainly get a first-round pick. If for some reason you're in a league that doesn't have a trade deadline, do you think you can get a late first for him right now? And if so, I assume you're accepting that. I am accepting that, um, and I do think you can get it, assuming that the the team you're trading with is is in that title game. Because, I mean, you look at the schedule this week, he's got Washington, uh, dis- despite their surprising win, Last week, they're—I mean, they've—they've they've essentially given up on the season just through, uh, or or due to all these injuries, both on offense and defense. Um, so not only does he get the Redskins, he's at home. He's—he's he's going to be a home favorite. And the best part for fantasy owners is that's another island game. It's one of those Saturday afternoon games. It's the first game of the week, obviously on national television, and the only game going at that time. So. If and when he does have a big game, that's going to bump the value up even more because at, at that time he'll be the only game going. Everybody's going to be watching that game, no matter what you think of those two teams, and and that will help his dynasty value as well. So, uh, yeah, I would be selling, but I also expect him to have another big game and and continue to have that that selling opportunity. It's another reason, really, that even if your trade deadline has passed, which most of us has, it's another reason that they should open up as as soon as week 16 ends. So all of us willing to sell, Derrick Henry can can get everything we can out of him before that the offseason creates that bubble where we're that lull where where that value slowly creeps back down. Yeah, I was gonna say like as soon as Monday night's over or, or Tuesday morning hits and those those trade trade uh, opportunities open up again, uh, start sending out those offers for sure. Um, let's go on to Damian Williams' big game on Thursday night, filling in for the released Kareem Hunt and the injured Spencer Ware. Ten carries for forty nine yards, two touchdowns, uh, caught six passes as well. Um, Dan, do you think he's got any value past 2018? Is there a chance that he is at least part of a committee in in Kansas City? And if that's the case, do you want any part of him? Or I I don't know if you can really sell him at this point. I mean, maybe you can get a third. I don't know. Uh, But what do you think about him and his value going forward? Well, I I think he has a chance to be part of a committee, but I I really don't feel like it's a good enough chance that – that you're like clinging to it or anything like that. It seems likely that Kansas city would bring in another tailback, maybe another guy high in the draft or, or a veteran that, that is, you know, highly thought of that would take over that role. Uh, they seem to like that Kareem hunt guy, the, the big back that can handle every part of the game. Uh, there's a few free agents out there. The draft isn't all that stocked, but if somebody can find him, it's probably Andy Reed. So I, I'm not sure if Damian Williams carries much beyond really week 16 for dynasty owners. If he does, it's probably in a minor role, change of pace, maybe as part of a, you know, like the 40 and the 60, 40 platoon. If Kansas city can't find that, that workhorse that they've had in the past. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I don't, I don't think he has any value. I actually started to uh, just outright drop him in one of my leagues where uh my team was eliminated and, and then decided against that just so I wouldn't impact the, uh, obviously the, the final game. But, um, yeah, once, once the season wraps up, I I don't see any way that, that he has value going forward, honestly. 
He uh, and he has a tough matchup this week, considering we don't know what, what Spencer's where status yet is yet. But uh, I assume if you have him, you're probably going to want to start him. But tough, tough matchup at Seattle this week. So I would not expect uh, that kind of 30, 30 point output like he put up on Thursday night. Last guy we'll talk about before we jump into the rookies. I guess this is a rookie, actually, and it made Dan's rookie report card article this week. Kalen Bellage, 12 carries for 123 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Frank Gore, unfortunately, did go down in this game. Not that anybody was really starting him, uh, but sad to see one of the all-time greats of the position uh, maybe have, maybe have taken his last snap there. Uh, but the surprising part for me, Ryan, was that it wasn't it, it wasn't Kenyon Drake that filled in. It's almost like they're treating him like they did Lamar Miller when he was in town. He's not the guy that they want to be the primary ball carry there for whatever reason. Uh, they're treating this guy who's you know a, a, a bigger back than most people think. He's six foot, a couple hundred pounds, uh, but they're using him like a you know a five six hundred eighty pound guy. Um, but is Kalen Balaj the rookie that none of us really were big fans of coming into the process? Uh, anything to see here? Are you optimistic about what he could potentially do uh, as a lead back in Miami? Um, no, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm more optimistic than I was a week ago. I, I honestly didn't think he had that type of game in him. I know, of course, most of that came on uh, on that one play, the opening play of the second half where he, he broke the 75-yard touchdown. But regardless, that was that was an impressive performance against a, a typically tough defense. You think about Miami; they've got a lot. They've got a lot of needs, and it's it's possible they go into 2019 thinking some com- the combination of Balage and Drake is is going to be their backfield. It's really a surprise to me, Matt, you and I hit, were critical of the lodge a little bit. I, at least I think it was you during the preseason and during the draft process. I, I was, I questioned how much of a role or how big of a role he could play in an NFL offense. His vision is really not that good. And, you know, he seems to run into the back of offensive linemen regularly, um, missed running lanes, uh, seems like, over and over and over again. And that just didn't happen uh, on Sunday. So that, that was a surprise, a pleasant surprise for sure. He certainly didn't miss the running lane on that 75 yard touchdown. And he looked explosive and he had that breakaway speed. Now we've all, we've always known that those things were kind of there for him with that upright running style. It looks kind of funny and he got blown up a lot in college because of it, but uh, it was a nice step for sure. It's kind of, telling that they haven't used him to this point, at least not all that much. He was inactive even early in the season, didn't do much in the preseason. So, you know, guys come out of nowhere all the time or, or come from third on the depth chart to having a big role regularly in the NFL. So maybe this is another guy. I, I wouldn't put too much hope. I will say, though, if you were a Balazs fan coming out of college, you got to be pretty excited about this and especially about that run down the sideline for the 75-yard score. If it's really Drake and Balage next year, I'd, I'd be relatively surprised, especially considering how they're treating Drake now. Now, perhaps if there was a coaching change or or something dramatic like that, things would change. But they don't seem too smitten with Ken and Drake anymore. That's that's not a, a place they want to go anymore. It appears, and now there's reports earlier this week that it's not injury related. Some thought maybe it had to do with that shoulder. So I'm not really sure what's going on with Drake. I've been a Drake fan for a long time. Feel like he could be a big time player, especially for us dynasty uh, and fantasy owners, but it's, it's just not happening now. We'll see if we'll see if Balazs takes it over for good for the rest of the season and how that translates into next year. Yep. Balazs for me coming out, my, my notes on him were he was a big guy who runs real fast in a straight line, but don't ask him to change direction too much or you're going to be a little sad. And he was a, he was a good pass catcher. And that's the part that's most concerning for me to Drake. Honestly, now he only had uh, one target, one catch for negative two yards. Balazs I'm talking about here um, on Sunday, but uh, that was one of his strengths in college. So if that becomes some a, a, a direction the Dolphins decide to use him in, uh, then Drake might even be in for more trouble than we think. So uh, interesting to follow. I don't know if I, you can really get anything from him right now. If somebody's willing to pay for him, I'd probably go ahead and let him go. But uh, definitely a, an interesting stash at, at the very least there. Um, 
let's move on, guys, to uh, the exercise that we we uh, started last week, which was to kind of look at rookies and, and groups of five or six players uh, and based on December's ADP. And again, I want to know from you guys which are the which of these players will you pick if you were on the clock, and if you were on the clock, would who would you avoid? And uh, if you have a good reason, feel free to give that as well. So last week we covered the top 60. This year, this week we'll pick up at 67. Uh, the, the rookie in this group is Anthony Miller at 69. And uh, he's surrounded by Deshaun Watson at 67 overall, Marla Mack at 68, Mike Williams at 70, and Rob Gronkowski. Ryan, we'll go to you first, you first here. Who do you want out of this group? I'm honestly not too excited about any of this group at this at this value point. If I'm taking one and it it's probably just a case of recency bias, but uh, I think I would go with Mike Williams at 70 overall as, as my target out of this group, obviously liked his game uh, last week, uh, kind of taking over as the, the lead guy when Keenan Allen went down. We'll see if, if that type of production or, or anywhere close to that can continue once Allen's back in the lineup, but uh, of that group, I, I just think he has the highest upside. Obviously, I, I like Watson still, but probably waiting a little bit longer for my quarterback. Uh, and and Gronk has to be the avoid. I, I mean, I think he's done. Well, I don't know about done, but he's a lot closer to done than he is starting for sure. Uh, he slowed down drastically, of course. Anybody that watches him can can really see that. He's my avoid as well, and it hurts to say really because he's been such a pillar on a lot of my dynasty rosters for so long. I, I'm afraid it might be time to sell though and get what you can out of Rob Gronkowski because because things are going to go downhill fast and and already have at least to some extent. You didn't mention him, Ryan, but. I like Marlon Mack out of this group, and quite a bit, actually. I, I think lots of dynasty owners out there overlook him and see him as, well, he's the guy that th- that is there today. We'll see who's there next year and, and how big a role Mack has. I believe the Colts believe in in Marlon Mack and, you know, averaging five yards of carry and, and you know, he's scoring, he's catching passes. He's doing a lot of the things that we want to see out of, a, out of a tailback in any offense. So – I like Mac, like Ryan. I also like Deshaun Watson, but wouldn't take him here. Uh, his name certainly sticks out. And then Mike Williams is another one. I, I, I've been a Williams guy for a long time, uh, and and won't stop. I was I was pretty happy to see that happen last Thursday night. Dan, I know you're you're a bigger fan of Gronk than Ryan is still at this point. So, like, how far would Gronk have to fall for you to want to take him? Oh boy, he's got to go quite a ways past seventy-one for sure. He's going to have to get into the hundreds, and and that's a that's a farther fall than, and maybe even farther than that, honestly, because you're looking at a one or two year window. It seems like to me at the most, and he, like Ryan said, he might be done. You might not even get that out of him. I mean, I, I, at this point, I expect him to retire after this season. I think that's fair. Uh, it seems like if Brady comes back for one more, for another year, that he might stick around. But that's really the only option. But, but yeah, I think we're we're looking at one one probably one year left maximum. It would be my guess, unless Brady actually is going to just play for till forty five and Gronk decides he wants to stick around. Um, but my guy from this one, I would I would take Mac too, Dan. I, I think that. Uh, he's still a little bit underrated. Whenever uh, he's had a completely healthy offensive line, he has produced. The previous two weeks when he kind of disappointed against Houston and Jacksonville, uh, uh, Ryan Kelly was out of the game, and he came back and and and, and really kind of bolstered that run game. Um, so I, I like Mac. I think he's probably more athlete than, than gifted running back at this point in his career. Uh, but uh, I think he's a little bit undervalued right now still at this point. So I'll, I'll take him as well. So none of us took the rookie in that group. Uh, let's uh, move on. We'll start with you this time, Dan, Doug Baldwin at 72, our rookie Royce Freeman, Lamar Miller at 74, Jared Goff at 75, and another rookie in this group, Traquan Smith at 76. This one is the group that doesn't necessarily appeal to me at all. Uh, there is one name that sticks out a little bit, and that's Traquan Smith. That that ADP is a tad high for me still, um, considering he's only had a couple big games and has really disappeared in every other game so far this season. I was watching Monday Night Football, and they were talking about all the wide receivers they had been bringing in to kind of 
seem like take Traquan Smith's place. And the more I listened to those guys and, and thought, man, these guys are fin- finally saying something I can agree with, uh, it made me realize that it doesn't seem like Traquan Smith is a big part or they don't want him to be a big part of the 2018 plans. Now that's going to change down the road, I think. And I really like his skill set, size, leaping ability, all those things. And we, we've seen flashes of that, especially, especially with that week 11 game against Philadelphia, where he had 10 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. But outside of that, he had the two touchdown game early in the year and we haven't seen him outside of that really. So um, Traquan Smith is the guy I'm going to take and I'll, I'll be pretty happy about it. Um, of this group, I think the guy that I'm going to avoid of this group is actually the other rookie, and that's that's Royce Freeman. I agree with a lot of what Dan said there. As far as Traquan Smith, uh, he would be my pick as well from this group, and it, it's really just all about upside. Um, of, of these guys, I think he has the biggest upside moving forward. Uh, a lot of that is due to just being on the on that Saints offense, uh, being a part of it, and and the expectation that his role will grow next year and, and beyond. And uh, the guy I would avoid is, is Lamar Miller. Um, I, I still think Freeman gets a shot at, at some point at, at least a more significant role than uh, what he's been able to carve out this year. And Miller, I just think is what he is. Ryan, this is the first group we've gotten to, and it feels pretty early. Uh, if we're uh, considering this as a startup draft, we're you know in the the sixth round here, basically into the sixth round, I guess, early seventh round. None of these guys, I don't really want any of them. Like it seems like after the offensive explosion we've had in the NFL this year, we would want more players, but we're only in the sixth seventh round. There, we're already at players that I don't even really want. Uh, it, I, I looked over some of the mocks. Uh, and it seemed that way from from some of the response I got from drafters too. Like it just seemed like the players just it just ran dry so early. What's up with that? Yeah, I, I noticed that as well as um, as I was participating in the mocks, and it, it certainly seemed like you hit a wall pretty quickly. And uh, a, a friend of mine who's always a, a great support and always uh, participates in in those mocks, he said, "Is it just me, or do these in season mocks?" the later it gets, you, you just can't find anybody you even want to draft. And then in the off season, you want all the players, right? <laughs> you, you get to the 20th round and you've got 10 guys you, you still want. So that will change. Um, you know, once we get to, to the real off season, once we get to January, February and, and those 2019 rookies are included and we're, we're adding in 20 or 30 rookies that everybody is excited about, then, then of course that will change then. But yeah, right now for me, kind of, I guess kind of my rule of thumb is when you get to that point in a draft, whether, whether it's a mock or, or an actual startup draft, when it gets to that dead point, if you can't move, of course that's moving, moving up or down is, is the ideal. But if you can't do that, then that's just kind of where I default to my quarterback. Not quite ready to do that with Jared Goff here. If Deshaun Watson was in this group, Watson would have been my pick, and only, you know, only a few picks separate uh, Watson from being in this group of five. I'm glad you said that because that's where I was kind of leading. Was that Goff seems like the standout from this group to me, even though I don't really necessarily like taking my quarterback here. Uh, I think that ADP on Goff is certainly going to fall after his performance over the last uh, three to four weeks or so. So, yeah, I think I might go ahead and pull the trigger on him here. I, d- I know that I definitely don't want Lamar Miller at this point. And then there were other three guys, you know, for different reasons, they all feel similar amounts of, of risk. Um, I guess Smith, certainly, take Traquan Smith, certainly has the most ups- upside of the of the remainders, but uh, not super excited about Baldwin or Freeman at all. Uh, come back to you here, Ryan, on the next group. 91 overall, Deion Lewis, 92, Carson Wentz, 93, our rookie Ronald Jones, 94, Derrick Henry, and 95, Jarek McKinnon. Well, this is this is obviously going to be a case of recency bias. We already talked about Henry and uh, with, with his showing over the past couple of weeks, what we talked about is, as far as our expectation for the next couple of games, uh, his ADP will obviously skyrocket um when we when we collect that in uh january so he would be my pick of this group although i think i would quickly look to sell him as we already talked about um and and then i guess on a related note Deion lewis would be my player to avoid that's that's really been kind of my uh static answer 
for the past year or two. He's he's just not a player I trust to stay healthy or or to make an impact outside of the the Patriots. Yeah, Deion Lewis is the guy I would uh, try to avoid as well. The name that really sticks out to me, and especially if we were doing this two weeks ago when this data was collected, really is Carson Wentz. Again, it's you know we're only what six or eight months removed from him being a top three or four option at the position, and you know the injury slowed him down, of course, and then uh, he never really got fully on track, or at least not to that MVP form as 2018 started to get going for him. And then even got to the last couple of weeks when he, when he went down with another injury. So Wentz is the guy that really sticks out to me as I'd be comfortable taking him just in the picks leading up to 100 overall. That seems like a good spot for a quarterback. You're still getting elite guy, young guy, lots and lots of upside. I, th- I think, you know, we already know he's MVP caliber player and a guy that can carry fantasy teams. So while I agree that Henry is kind of the obvious choice for right now, uh, it seems to me that Wentz is the name that, that sticks out. And again, Lewis is the one that I'm avoiding for all the same reasons that Ryan mentioned. Yeah, I think Wentz is a good call there. And actually I was thinking back to the Jared Goff group. I think I might, if Wentz was in that group and we're talking about 15 picks separating, uh, separating the two groups. If Wentz was in that group, I might take him over those five players. So that's just showing that maybe maybe he's undervalued there. And obviously Henry is based on just when we collected the data and, and what he's done the past couple weeks. Yeah, I, Lewis seems like the easy avoid across the board. Henry seems like the pick if you're looking to, to, to make a quick profit. Uh, for production standpoint, I think I'm going to take McKinnon. And the reason for that is, is we've seen Matt Breida perform well. We've seen Raheem Mostart produce in that offense. We've seen Jeffrey Wilson perform in that offense. Uh, really the only one we haven't, honestly, I guess, is Alfred Morris, and he had a game or two, I, I think. Um, so I'm pretty excited about what McKinnon might be able to do in this offense next year, and this might be a low point you know, as we, get, go, as we move through the offseason. I guess he could dip a little bit more, but I think as we start heading back towards the 2019 season, that value is going to come back up. Uh, so this is a, a decent time to buy, I think, uh, on McKinnon. Next group, 96, Chris Carson, 97, Dante Pettis, 98, Michael Gallup, 99, Matt Breida, and one at 100 overall, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. So we've got three rookies in this group, Brian. It seems like an easy pick to me here. What do you think? Uh, it's an easy pick for me. I'm going Dante Pettis here. I've been uh, obviously really impressed with what he's done over the past month. And, and when you look at that roster, they've got to make some changes. Um course garcon i mean who knows he's he's probably not even on that roster next year marquis goodwin i think has been a major disappointment this season i know a lot of people were uh investing in him after his strong end to the season so to, to me it's pettis pretty easily the other guys i'm just just not quite ready to trust um whether it's injury issues with breda or i mean you look at valdez scantling gallup they're they're going to top out at the wide receiver two on their team. And and I could actually see Pettis being the top target on his, on his roster. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Pettis is the guy for me as well. And it, it's really not even close. There's names that are interesting for sure with, you know, Chris Carton Carson, who's the underachiever, but likely going to have his role cut into a year from now. Once, once everybody gets back on board there and, and uh, things like that and Gallup, I was never really a huge Gallup fan. Valdez Scantling, I like. He he has the size speed thing and plays with the quarterback and all that. But he had a lot of opportunities this year. Maybe a, another year in that system working with the quarterback will help, and, and he can take that number two spot. It seems to me that Pettis is already – uh, good enough to play as a number two in, in any offense, even if there was a, a true number one guy in San Francisco. And since there's not, like you said, Ryan, he's, he's the number one guy. So I'm taking Pettis as well. If there's a guy I'm avoiding, it's probably Gallup, but it's, it's just because I have a little bit of hate for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I forgot to mention my avoid. It it would be Breda, uh, partially because of the injury I mentioned, and and also partially because I agree with Matt. I like I like McKinnon to come back and claim that lead role. Uh, Breda, man, it's it's been an impressive year from him just to to keep playing despite all those injuries. But 
uh, also a frustrating year at the same time. I mean, how tough must that guy be? I mean, it, yeah. it, we've made fun of him all season long about, oh, I'm injured, I'm out for my <laughs> career, and then he pops right back up. But to to be able to play through all those injuries he's been dealing with is is pretty impressive there. I'm going to stick with Carson as my avoid, though. I just, I know Seattle's doing fine. Uh, you would you you think that would think that Penny has got to got to do something at some point, right? They invested a first round pick in him, um, so I, I would think that he might be their starter entering 2019. Um, but Pettis is definitely the, the, the buy here out of this group. Um, and, and I've been buying him, I guess, really since his bye week, honestly. So very excited about what Pettis is going to do in the future. The way he is able to separate with his, just with purely based on his route running is, is really impressive to me. So excited to see him in the future, whether or not they bring in a, a bigger name wide receiver, um, either through the draft or, or in free agency. I'm still think Pettis is going to be able to do well with, with Garoppolo there. Next group, Austin Eckler at 103, Austin Hooper at 104, then two rookies, Kiki Cutie at 105, and May Baker Mayfield at 106, Demarius Thomas at 107. This one seems pretty easy too, Dan. Where are we going here? Well, I hope you guys are going the same way I am after say that, but it's Baker, Baker, Baker for me, and it's not even close really. I guess Kiki Cutie could be the, the second guy a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'm going with Baker. I think he has – and a lot of people think this, this isn't crazy to say or anything. He has like the potential to be the number one scoring fantasy quarterback in our game. And, you know, to get those guys in the hundreds, that seems low, especially for a rookie quarterback. I, I'm not sure. It feels, Ryan, maybe you can talk to this a little bit. That ADP has to go up with the performance recently and the whole youth and that offense and all the weapons that are already there right now. I think Baker Mayfield is is way undervalued at 106. Yeah, I, I would agree. And it, we did this similar exercise, I believe, in the preseason comparing these rookies to veterans that were drafted around them. And, and, and we talked about it then. But just with this late-round quarterback mentality, and it, it almost becomes a game of chicken with these – uh, with dynasty owners. And it certainly does in a mock draft where, you know, to be honest, there's nothing at stake. Um, I, I mean, we all value this data, but it's, it's not the same as being in a real league. And and that's, you know, there's just no way around that. So I, I think people are, are just happy to sit back and wait on a quarterback. And what happens is then you look at these groups and it, Jared Goff stands out as the value or Wentz stands out as the value. Baker Mayfield stands out as the value. He would be my pick as well, uh, Dan. So I certainly think his value is higher than this. I think if you tried to trade for him right now in the dynasty league with any of these other four guys, you would get laughed at. I, th- uh, I think you could do two or three of those names and probably get laughed <laughs> at. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, seriously, I think you could offer all four for, for Baker and it would not be close, but that's, that's just what happens. And we talk about the uses of our ADP data. And when it comes to comparing quarterbacks to the other players around them, that's really one of the, one of the areas. I I don't want to say the data fails, but it's, it's, it's not useful in that way. So to me, it's Baker pretty easily here. Demarius Thomas is the guy I'm avoiding kind of like the Gronk conversation. He just seems, he seems done. I don't know if he's going to retire as well, but uh, he's, he's obviously nearing the end of his career. Uh, I don't, I don't want to just skip over Austin Eckler though. I think in, in some of these other groups, I would have preferred him over the players that we already talked about. Yeah, that's a good point. I think if Eckler was say in that, one where we all pick Traquan Smith. I think I'd probably prefer all of them oh him over everybody in that group. Um, maybe not necessarily in the previous one where I picked McKinnon and you guys went with Wentz, but you know, I think there are groupings here where where he could certainly win out. I'll take Baker all, obviously also. I currently have him at quarterback nine overall in Dynasty. Ryan has him at quarterback seven. Dan, I know you don't do rankings, uh, uh, positional rankings on the site, but are you, is he a top 10 guy for you in a one quarterback league? Yeah, absolutely, and and probably closer to where you guys have them than the than the bottom of the rankings. I think I think seven or eight sounds pretty good to me. Nice. Uh, okay, next group uh, we got two left here. The two groupings left. This one starts out with Josh Adams at one hundred eight, Naheem Hines at one hundred nine, Isaiah Crowell one ten, Antonio Callaway at one eleven, and Zay Jones at one twelve. This is an interesting group to me, Dan. Where are you going here? 
You know, I really want to go with my guy Zay Jones, and it's it's not just as a joke or, or or anything like that. I I think anybody that has watched him this year has seen a at least a slight uh, upgrade in his play, and and we've certainly seen uh, seen him be available and 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 those things. There, we haven't figured out that the quarterback position isn't completely set yet. I, I mean, the player is there; he's in place, but he's been knocked around and beat up a little bit, missed some time. And I think there's something there. I still believe in it. That all said, I think Antonio Callaway is the place to go here. Uh, I, I like the quarterback there a heck of a lot better and, and probably like Callaway and his what he's shown in his rookie year even more than I, I, I liked what, what Zay Jones did in his second season. So Callaway's the guy for me. I think the upside is pretty big if he can keep his nose clean and stay on the field with Baker and all those other weapons, he could be a big part of what they do in 2019. I think dynasty owners are going to be very, very happy to have him. If there's an avoid for me, it's Isaiah Crowell. Uh, There's going to be a change there. It seems like to me, it might have already kind of started to happen. It looks like the coaching chain, there's going to be a coaching change, perhaps even the general manager there. and, And that probably doesn't bode well for Crowell and his tenure there with the Jets. I have to agree with Dan again. I was I was scared with all that Zay Jones talk. Oh jeez, he, <laughs> he got he got the ship righted there. Uh, I, I do think it's Callaway. I I have I, I have been glad to see uh, Jones contribute this year. I think Robert Foster is the wide receiver one there right th- right now though. They're going to have to make some changes there too. We'll see see how that goes. So Callaway's the guy I want. Uh, I, I struggled on the avoid not because there weren't options, but because I couldn't decide Isaiah Crowell, Josh Adams. I don't want either one of those guys. Yeah. There's a lot of names in Philadelphia and it Adams is just the guy that's on the docket today. Yeah. Crowell, I think is the easy answer here for sure. For me, for the one I want, it's, it's tough between Callaway and Hines. I think Callaway is the answer because I, we've seen the potential, you know, he struggled with drops and inconsistencies all year, but I do think he's the real deal in terms of being able to gain separation and make big plays for that offense. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they bring in a big name wide receiver and, and uh, you know, and I know they've got Landry there already, but, you know, bring in another guy there and, and keep Landry in the slot more. Um, but Hines, I really like too long-term. Uh, so it's, it's close between those two, but I'll, I'll agree with you guys and take Callaway last grouping here, fellas, one sixteen Dallas Goddard, one seventeen Marcus got, got, excuse me, Marcus Marquise Goodwin. Jeez. That didn't come off, <laughs> roll off the tongue very easily. One eighteen Curtis Samuel, one nineteen Jordan Reed and one twenty Lamar Jackson. I feel like he should be a lot higher than that right now, Ryan. Yeah, that's that's you know kind of along the same lines, uh, same conversation we were just having with with Mayfield. If you look at where they fall, just looking at the quarterbacks, I, I think you'd be a, a little more satisfied. They maybe wouldn't seem like they were a, as low as as this comparison makes them look. Um, that said, I'm actually going with Dallas Goddard here as my pick. Um, I think he's shown some upside just as just as Jackson has the running is the, the running is great from Jackson. The, the fantasy points that comes with that is nice. I, I'm worried about him, honestly, uh, lots of fumbles. A, a lot of people have talked about the, the hits that he's taken and kind of opened himself up to injury. I, I'm just, I'm struggling to see it. He's, he's certainly n- not looking like, uh, you know, like Michael Vick or anything like that, which those were the, probably unfair comparisons that were being made earlier in the season. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Goddard, even though he is blocked by Zach Ertz. I've been impressed with him. Curtis Samuel is the other guy I was really tempted to go with here as well. Kind of somehow quietly enjoying a breakout season. Uh, Marquise Goodwin's my avoid. Yeah. Goodwin's my avoid too. And I don't think we really need to elaborate that. You kind of, pin the tail on the donkey earlier when you said how big a disappointment he's been to this point. Uh, Goddard is my guy for sure as well. 27 catches, 277 yards and four touchdowns while playing behind Ertz, who has caught all of those passes and probably going to start set the record for most catches by a tight end. If he hasn't already, I, I really kick myself about the Goddard thing landing spot dictated that he should fall down draft boards and he shouldn't have we we knew what kind of talent he had and just because he was going to play behind Ertz didn't mean he couldn't be slightly productive as a rookie or even behind Ertz 
it, it was a tough decision about what to do in the early second round and mid to late second round. And Goddard is already looking like one of the guys that should have been drafted a little bit higher. And, and I was a big fan. So I'm as guilty as any with letting him continue to slide down draft boards. Now you mentioned Lamar Jackson and what he's done to this point. I agree he should be higher, but I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, Ryan. We're both a little concerned about his his style of play and the lack of any type of passing game or at least enough of a passing game to keep defenses honest. It feels to me like defenses are going to figure this out and he's going to have to make a big adjustment. And I'm, I'm scared as a dynasty owner having to live through that. So Goddard's the, the, the relatively easy take from this group and, and Goodwin is the easy one to, uh, to move away from. Yeah, I really want to pick Goddard here. In fact, I have him already as a tight end one in terms of dynasty rankings. He's my he's my number twelve overall right now. Uh, but to be able to wait till the end of the tenth round and still still be able to get a quarterback one, just really based on rushing alone, I think I'm going to go ahead and take Lamar Jackson here. Um, but it, it's it's tough. I agree with everything you said about Goddard, Dan. He was my tight end one coming into the process, coming out of the process. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm very happy that he is, he's rising up the ranks here. In fact, if you're a rebuilding team, like he might be one of like my favorite targets for a rebuilding team right now to, to go out and trade for that guy. Um, avoid. I'm going to go. I mean, Marcus Goodwin is certainly disappointed this year, but I think I'm going to go Jordan Reed. Uh, he, he, you know, he was actually healthy for a decent part, portion of this year and just really didn't return to that elite form that we had saw previously. So I kind of feel like along the lines, the same along the lines as Gronk is he's, he's mostly done even when he's healthy. He's not going to be that elite option anymore. Um, we actually are, are done with ex- exercise guys. We've covered all the rookies in the top 10 rounds of a startup draft and we've got a few minutes left. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to you, Dan, uh, for a wrap us up here with uh, the rookie report card. Yeah, we already talked a little bit about one of the guys I, I featured this week with Kalen Balazs. Let's go to the other guy. That's Justin Jackson. We've, we've all gotten a chance, Matt, to, to take a look at him over the last few weeks, and we were all pretty excited about what he did in relief that first week that he got a like extended look. And then he kind of fell off just a little bit for, for a couple weeks. But last week, 16 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown, three catches, 27 receiving yards. I'm wondering from you guys, I, I wrote the rookie report card on him, so listeners can go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com and read what I had to say. I'm wondering what your thoughts overall, Matt, are on Justin Jackson. And, and if you think there's some long-term value there, even though Gordon is likely coming back. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I think it's Gordon and Eckler. I mean, if there's some reason that the Chargers don't want to pay Gordon and, and moves on, then then maybe you have something there. But it's really tough to see him being more than a handcuff at this point, personally. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it, but it just he, he looks like a good player. He doesn't doesn't look as productive as he does in college, but you know, he's a rookie. Maybe we can chalk it up to that. He he did come through with a touchdown on Thursday night towards the end of the game there when the Chargers were coming back. But if he hadn't got that touchdown, we would have been pretty unhappy with our, our production from that. And it was against a team in the Chiefs that isn't really known for their defense at this point. So uh it, it's tough to say, but I think he's probably a pure handcuff and and, and isn't gonna be uh, playing ahead of either Eckler or Melvin Gordon, unless there's an injury. That's how I see it as well. Um, I think, I mean, they put him into this Gordon roles as basically the lead back and he's obviously not going to play over a healthy Melvin Gordon. I think they love what Austin Eckler does. And, and that's one reason they've tried to keep him in that role, even when Gordon has been out. So I, I simply think he's he's not better than either of those guys, so he's not going to have much of a role. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of surmised in the article by saying he's a developmental tailback mm. with great handcuff appeal and low-end running back two upside when he gets his chance to lead a backfield if Gordon's out or whatever. So I think we're all on the same page there. We still have a few minutes left, Ryan. Let's play a game. Let's let's play a game. I've I've got a little game. Last last time I was on a couple of weeks ago, we did an ADP guessing game basically, and that was that was pretty challenging for you guys. We're going to make it a little simpler this time, so I don't get cheated out of a win. Well, <laughs> he did. I think you got beat by like, by like no. fifty points. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make any promises. We are going to test your all's uh, memory. We're going to go back one year to December ADP. Oh. 
2017. Oh, and <laughs> we're, we're, it's not the same. We won't go with the same complicated format as last time. We're just going to go straight guessing game. The top 24 players from one year ago this month, who was, who was still valued in the top 24 uh, and, and who's held their value. So we'll really, we'll, we'll go with a back and forth game. And we'll start with Dan since he was the loser last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm taking OBJ because he's one, two, or three. He he was one still. Uh, okay, he was easily holding on to that that number one spot. Yeah, I'll I'll go with DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to okay. be close to that. You guys are perfect. One and two so and, far. Antonio Brown. All right, he was four. Ooh, one year ago. Le'Veon Bell was definitely in the top 20. He was in the top five. Yeah, he was five overall. He was the RB1. Wow. Hint, 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 hint. David Johnson. Yes, he is number seven overall. I, I feel the pressure. I can't miss one because Matt's going <laughs> to kill it <here>. <laughs> <laughs> One miss and it's over. Mike Evans. Mike Evans is three overall and the wide receiver three. You know, uh, so so last year... December 2017 ADP, we started with four straight wide receivers, which was kind of the norm at that point. And this month, December 2018, we started with four straight running backs at the top of the board, which is the first time that's ever happened in the six years that I've collected ADP for DLF. Wow. Wow. Shows the change. Actually, we, we had not even had three running backs at the top. And then this month we went straight to four. All right, Matt, I'm going to go with a running back. I'll take, sorry, Dan. All right. Yeah. Zeke is on the list. Of course. Uh, We did not say Todd Gurley yet. Did we? Nope. He's on the list that you guys have gotten the top, uh, the top eight picks. Amari Cooper. That's a little risky, but yeah, he's, he's still in there. He's not really high. Oh man. He's, he's like 10th or 12th. Wasn't he? He was uh, he was fifteenth, I believe. Oh geez, wow, <laughs> that's ballsy, Dan. Nice work. I would not are, have. Are, okay, all right, <laughs> Matt's turn. I will take uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's he's in there. He's a first rounder. Um, Keenan Allen. Yes. Was he low? Uh, he was a he was ahead of Amari. I think he was. Oh, 12. good. All right, I'm doing 12. good. Then. Um, I'm going to say Julio still there. Oh, yes. Yep. I missed that. Yep. He's on there. You guys have one first rounder left. I'll take. No, I don't want to drop AJ green. <laughs> Ooh, that's who I was going to take. That's who it was. Oh, good. Are we doing top 25? You said top 24. Oh, okay. You got, uh, so that's it for the first rounders, right? I'm going to say, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is on the list. It, it looks weird to see him in the second round, but that's yeah. that's that perspective we lose. Um, if Kamara was in, then Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is on the list. You got it. Running out of names. Then uh, Leonard Fournette. Yep, he's actually the next highest player left. He was he was the two point oh one according to this, the thirteenth overall. I'll take – got to take Gronk because I can't think of anybody else. No Gronk, way. Gronk's still in there. Oh, yeah. Is he really? Yep. No he was way. 20th. Uh, uh, yep, 20th overall. Wow. I've got one I'm oh, saving. I got one, I got I one got I'm one. saving that I don't want to use yet. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna go Dalvin Cook. Keep yes. going with the backs. Yep. Dalvin Cook is there. All right, so there are six players left. I'll take Brandon Cooks. Ooh, nice. Yes. I'm Uh, literally out of names. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll take uh, Stephon Diggs. Yes. Oh, good one. Four players left. Every name feels wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I got got an ace in the hole that I'm pretty sure you're not going to get. I mean, two or three of these guys are probably first-rounders right now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to bank on Melvin Gordon. He is. He was 24. Oh, Ooh, nice. Barely made it. I will say Devontae Adams. He was 23. Oh, good one. Ooh. Oh, I, oh, oh. I have I, there's I, two I, left, right? 
I'll just say this. There's two left. One feels easy and one feels not so I got, easy. I got them both. I got them both. Oh. You better get this one right. Okay, Damn. pressure's on. No pressure. I'm, it's not good radio. <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess Christian McCaffrey. There you go. Yep. And I think the one that everyone is forgetting about is Devonta Freeman. That's it. Did he make it? Oh. Yep. Oh, nice. You guys nailed it. That was perfect. Got them all. Wow. Dude, listen I feel like I accomplished are... something today. <laughs> so I was choosing between McCaffrey and Joe Mixon. Where's Joe Mixon on the list? He's way he's farther down. He didn't do anything last year. Uh no, he was no, he, he was, was close actually. Year, so he was uh Melvin Gordon was 24th. He was the 212. Mixon was the I guess he would have been the 3.02. So he was 26th overall. Okay. Do you I'm put, kind of putting you on the spot here Ryan, but you know do you know how many have have fallen out or how, I guess how many have changed since uh one year ago today or one year ago since December's ADP? Yeah, I, I don't have the the numbers in front of me, but uh, I mean off the top of our head, we know Gronk is out, we know Freeman is out. Uh Brandon Cooks is typically going in that third round as is Fournette. Um, for the most part, though, it seems so yeah. like mo- most of these guys have have stayed in that range. I mean, if you think about those four guys moving down, Mixon has moved up, Tyreek Hill has moved up, uh, Adam Thielen has moved up, Travis Kelsey yeah. and Juju have moved up. So those those four or five guys in, um, I think I named four guys out. So there's there's probably one other that's oh, Amari Cooper has has fallen. He's the other guy. Um, so yeah, that's it. Five five guys out of twenty four out and, and being replaced just goes to show you those studs hold their value especially the young ones like those running backs um but that was really fun ryan thanks for bringing another game to the show any final thoughts heading into championship week uh, i have one okay. i have a final thought uh, let's hear gary it. gary you're going down oh <laughs> wow <Ooh>. shout out <laughs> gary feeling feeling the pressure now uh i mean i would just hope for for less chaos, but that's probably probably not going to happen. We'll we'll see. I was gonna say I think we need to embrace the chaos because oh. there's gonna be things that happen that we have no idea are gonna happen. We may have more in-game injuries. You know, it, those are the things that you can't control in this game. Control the things you can control, and everything else you just kind of just kind of let it gotta let it go. You know, so don't get too stressed out. I know I'm I'm, I'm saying this, and, and people in my leagues know that there was a couple of leagues where I was. Not very happy in, in league chat, <laughs> uh, but it, it's true. We have to let what's going to happen happen. We can't control anything. We, we think we know everything, but the best of us are only 60% of, right, uh, right 60% of the time. So uh, leave it at that, guys. We will see you next week after our championship, and we're going to get into dynasty mode, start looking at the rookies. I know I'm excited because I haven't looked at a single rookie yet, and I'm excited to dig into that, that tape and stuff. So uh, – Have a good championship week, everybody. If uh, you like the show, please go on iTunes. Give us a rating and review. We don't ask for that too often, but uh, it definitely does help us out, helps us reach other listeners. And with that, we will see you next week after the championships. Good luck, everybody. 